You don't want to have to wait another six months, a year, five years to hit your trading goals. You have important things in your life that you want to accomplish. Your environment matters. What you put in your ears matters. Surrounding yourself with the people who are where you want to be will get you to where you want to go a hell of a lot faster than trying to do it on your own. I failed for a decade before learning this fact. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Traders Mind Chat where we talk to professional traders from around the world to get into their mindsets, what makes them successful and how we can adopt it. Today I'm going to be joined again with Jason Greystone. Jason is a friend of the show and he's coming on to help me out today and you guys get to be along for the ride. So I've been toying with the idea of starting to trade Forex myself. About 90% of this game, uh, my belief, is that it's exactly the same. The setups are the same, the mindsets are the same, risk management, position size, all that stuff is the same, but there's going to be some nuances among it. Jason is an amazing, amazing Forex coach, and so he is going to help me make the transition from the land of stocks over to the land of Forex. I think it'll be very helpful, very interesting for everybody here. So, uh, let's see, it says wait for Jason, and there he is. Hello. How are you? I'm very pump- good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Just pump it up the volume over here. Can you hear me all right? Perfect. Getting my mic over to you a little bit closer. There we go. All right. I'll let you carry on, I'll let you carry on with your introduction that you were just doing there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's amazing, man. Uh, feeling so blessed and happy to both have you on the show again, to have this uh, friendship that we've had now for for a while, right? Yeah. Like, uh, been talking to each other, like, uh, even before uh, Instagram, like, uh, back on Twitter. The past yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it's good. Long time now. Long time. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure being back on. Honored to be back on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, well, when we were chatting on DM, uh, one of the things that we were talking about was how I wanted to make the leap into Forex trading myself because uh, as a trading mindset, trading psychology coach, uh, I, I mentor a lot of Forex traders. And so I thought that it would be interesting and useful to them if I actually started to trade Forex myself. Uh, like I have the I have the trading belief that uh, 90% of this game is the same, uh, that mindsets are going to be the same, risk management's the same, um, you know, position sizing, even even many of the setups that we find will be similar. So I wanted to, to see if you agree well with, with that statement. And Absolutely. Uh, uh, first of all, I think the, the reason 80 to 90 percent of um, the reason the right 80 to 90 percent of it is all mindset is because uh, and also the reason that the patterns are the same and the setups are the, are the same are because the markets are driven by psychology, aren't they? So, you know, 90% of the of the movement in the market is just from from psychological movement. So if we can find something that's repeatable and we can build rules around that and it's, we, we can, we've got a high probability of it, of it providing with a profit with a set of rules around that pattern, 
you know, that's it. That's really all trading is. And, and mm. <laughs> people don't kind of believe when you, when you say the technicals aren't that much, the technicals really aren't that much, are they? I mean, it's, it's 10% of it, really. Yeah. Oh, um, with, with regards to the stocks, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> my stocks investing is, is very different. I, I don't trade stocks. So for me, I'm looking at things, I, I, I invest in stocks and I buy stocks, but they're very kind of semi-passive. I, I'll spend, I don't know, an hour, maybe two hours of, of the year, maybe, picking out some stocks. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not approaching that kind of investment vehicle the way I would for it. So I, when, when I go and buy stocks, I'm looking mm. at, uh, I'm not necessarily looking at technicals. I might look at technicals just before I get in, but I'm really looking at things like, Earnings per share, book value per share, you know, price earnings ratio. I'm looking at the balance sheet and the cash flow statement mm-hmm. and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And I make a decision on, on stocks based on that and I'm holding, you know, I'm holding long term. Mm-hmm. With trading and trading forex, I don't look at any of that stuff. I'm not looking at economy, I'm not looking at I'm not really looking at bank rates, unemployment rates or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just pure technicals. So I guess if you're trading purely non-technical, um, then it's going to be very, very similar. Interesting. So, so why why do you uh, trade purely based on the technicals for uh, for forex? Uh, is it uh, uh, like uh, well, what's your strategy? Well, what's your overall strategy with uh, for yourself? I, I'm, I'm I'm basically simple terms. The simplest terms I can put it is exploiting structure, support, and resistance. Um, okay. I'm looking at. You know, I'm looking at zones with a high probability of sell orders, and I'm looking at zones of a high probability of buy orders, and, and I'm really just looking to get in and out. So with trading, um, even if I wasn't trading for it, if I was trading any any asset class, I would be looking for that same principle, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be looking to hold. I'm not greedy. I'm just looking for an in and out. I'm trading. I'm, I'm All right. exchanging. You know, I'm buying and selling very quickly. So uh, I so are you scalping or are you doing more no, of day trades, I, swing trades? I or? Say, yeah, I say quickly. I mean, my trades normally last. My trades are normally done within a day or two days. Okay, okay so short-term um, swings. Sorry? Short-term swing trading. Yeah, yeah. Short-term swing trades. Exactly okay. right. So I'm looking for an in-out and that's okay. it. And, and the longest my trades last... Uh, I, I've got two separate accounts, so I do long ter- longer term swing trades. I offer the daily time frames okay. and an intraday account, which is morely you know one, two days, three days. Sometimes it rolls on to a week if the markets are really slow. But um, so yeah, typically out within a week, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to my stocks, which I'm buying and holding for years. All right. Uh, but in terms of trading, though, so I'm, I'm exploiting supply and demand. I'm, I'm exploiting support and resistance. I'm looking at, I'm using pure technical analysis. Um, I'm looking at where exhaustion lies in the market, where we're losing momentum or, you know, deceleration. I'm looking at uh, descending channels, ascending channels. I'm looking at compression channels. I'm looking at all that kind of stuff. I'm looking for where I can see a high probability move um, to the upside or downside, doesn't matter. Very interesting. It sounds very similar to to what I'm doing right now uh, in stocks. Uh, and the way that that I use the the fundamentals uh, in stocks is just as a filtering tool, 
right? Because uh, for my studies, there uh, stocks with X, Y, and Z have a better chance of having a high momentum move over a short period of time than stocks that lack this set of criteria. So I'm focused on say a hundred different stocks that have uh, certain fundamental criteria and then I'm going through those each week to see how they're setting up across time frames and uh, does it have uh, those same kind of consolidation patterns like volatility contraction patterns yep. and things of that and sort. Are you using multi-time frame analysis? Kind yeah. of Yep, I'm yeah. going to see a lot, like, hey, how does it look on monthly charts, weekly, daily, and then go down into the intraday charts to pinpoint the, the exact uh, entry where I would place my stop, and then uh, how, I, how am I going to calculate my target, and then from there, uh, is the reward to risk worth it? Uh, and typically, I'm looking for trades that offer at least 3 to 1. Often, I'll find trades that offer 5 to 1 or better. Yep. And so, so I'm only going to trade those in the land of stocks. Yeah, so on a three or five to one reward to risk or three to five to one R multiple, you're, you're kind of, you're getting the, I guess your strike rate isn't necessarily as high as it could be if you were taking kind of one to one trades um, um, or lower reward to risk. So I'm looking for the potential to get there. So like if... Say, uh, say I enter at a hundred, and the the stop is at ninety five, right? And the next level of resistance is at a hundred and ten. So then it's producing the that two to one, right? Uh, if I'm taking a trade where I see the next level of resistance as one fifteen, one twenty, then it makes more sense for me to take that trade because there's a potential three to one or four to one trade. Does, does it necessarily get there? No. Uh, but there's other mechanisms that I have to lock in profits along the way. Um, some of them include taking some profits off when I've hit certain multiples uh, of my gains. So uh, depending on what the stock is doing, I may take off a little bit at one times my risk or two times my risk. I'll have trailing stops. Typically, I'll use a, a moving average. Uh, the moving average that the price has held throughout the the move already throughout the consolidation. Um, I'll use backstops. Uh, well, what what I call backstops are when the price runs up, consolidates again, makes another floor, and then moves. So I would yeah. raise a stop below that. And so yeah, it's really those three types of profit taking exits: the profit target, the trailing stop, and the backstop. And then, of course, I yes. also have the fourth stop, though, which is the stop loss. Yep. So, from very, very similar. From I use a multi-time frame analysis. I look at the, the kind of bird's eye view, if you like. Look at what the market's doing overall. Form a bias. Obviously, make a prediction. You know, some kind of thesis on what's likely to happen next and, and how it's likely to go. And then I look for my setup. So, drop down the time frame. Look for my setup. Certain setups that I trade, whether that be flag patterns, wedges, descending, ascending channels, you know, any, any of my setups in my toolbox, if you like. And then I'll drop down the time frame for entries and, and, and management. And depending on what setup that I'm, I'm able to get into, I'll either be taking my entire profits off, like a one-to-one -one move, or if there's room for movement, then I'll be doing the same thing. I'll be taking, but I still take some profit off, and then I'll extend, I'll add to a position 
or have secondary targets at a higher level of structure, and then I'll trail stops on a lower time frame underneath that. So interesting. It sounds, yeah, it's, it sounds very similar, and I'm sure it is because it's technicals. That's why I love. It. You, you don't have to study the. You don't have to study the economy for years and years and years to to do this stuff. It's just. You know, it's just a, a method. It's just you have to be methodical. You have to be consistent. I think you could. I think you'd agree that consistency is probably the most important thing. Yes. Um, and other than that, just having the discipline to come and do that every day, which you've obviously you don't need. You don't need that. You've, you've got that already. So. Do you see many people making this kind of a transition from uh, a one asset class to another? Um, I've, I've actually. Yeah, I know quite a few that have done the other way around. So I've gone from from forex to stocks. Um, I've spent some time on uh, SMB Capital. I've spent some time, with, quite a bit of time with Mike, and he's got some traders who are going the the way that you're going. So they're doing more and more forex. They're doing some crypto. So they're mm-hmm. going that way as well. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. Where do people get tripped up? in making this transition? Where do people get tripped up? Uh, most, uh, the experience I've had with people from stocks going into Forex is that whole, uh, that fundamental kind of uh, hang up about, I have to know what's going on globally. I have to know, you know, it's kind of, anyone that I know has gone from trading stocks to go to Forex so far mm. has been very, very, old-fashioned in the ways that they're looking at you know put it this way there's two that spring to mind and they're both pit traders you know before before we even had access oh, okay. to them. so, so they're, they're 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 completely biased to the fact that technical analysis doesn't it doesn't it's not even a thing <laughs> you know what i mean it's like well it doesn't work you know what, what is all that it doesn't work what they're doing is you know having that old kind of mindset and it must be very hard for them guys like mm. it's hard enough for them to make a transition to trading stocks um looking at charts let alone going to different things but because they're losing their edge mm. they're jumping over to forex but they've got the kind of mindset that they've got to know too much about what's going on and and it's kind of playing catch-up whereas they're not putting their trust in the technicals which i I fully trust it, obviously, because I've I've done it for years. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know what the trip, what All the right. trip ups would be now because people are being kind of guided into technical analysis from the outset. So I think it'd be an easier transition now. Um, Although one of the things that so like for for me transitioning from stocks and having a system that I'm filtering down to only have like X number of stocks that I'm going to look at, how would I create something similar for Forex? Or well, what do you look at to like, uh, like are you looking at every single pair? Or like, uh, what, like how do you find like, well, what's a... I have this question a lot actually. In fact, just before I come on, I had this question about one guy who just wanted to trade one, one market. And he said, is that possible? And I know many traders that trade, in fact, I know quite a few professional traders that just trade the pound dollar or, you know, they've got the pound dollar and they might do some oil. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the other hand, I know traders that trade 30 markets with kind of one or two strategies. Okay. But the guys trading one market have got 50 strategies on one pair. So they're kind of, 
they're attacking one pair. They're going all in and kind of, you know, beating up mm-hmm. one pair rather than um, rather than trying to apply one or two strategies across lots and lots of pairs. I think there's pros and cons to both, really. Um, I, I, I've got two accounts. One, I trade 28 pairs, which is swing trading, so I don't check it very often. Mm-hmm. And one is... Um, one is eight pairs, which is intraday. So on the intraday account, I'll trade eight markets for a handful of strategies. And on the swing trade, on the, the higher time frame stuff, I'll trade one or two strategies, but on 28 pairs. So I guess it's just a, a matter of preference. Um, you could literally just start on one pair, attack it with everything you know already. So for instance, you could go and check out some of the strategies that you're trading get a little sample size going, do some testing on it, and then go for it. But mm. um, Is this something that makes one pair preferable over another pair? Volatility. So volatility. major pairs. For it. Uh, you don't want a market that's kind of dead. Um, mm. You know, if you're a trader and you're doing intraday stuff or lower time frame stuff, you definitely don't want to be trading things like well, I mean, the pound, the, the euro pound, I don't find very good because it's so, it, it, there's such a correlation there that it's, it's, it's minimal movements. Same with that, like pairs in the Asia session and all that kind of stuff, same stuff that you would pay attention to. Mm-hmm. In the Asia session, the markets are dead, no one's trading, so there's low volatility. So if I would always stick to the major pairs, I would start with any pair of the dollar in it for a start. So euro dollar, Aussie dollar, pound dollar. You know, Aussie dollar, yeah, New Zealand dollar. Um, And I guess preference the other way, you know, in terms of risk, I would say not overexposing yourself on too many of the same correlative pairs. So, Mm. you know, particularly yen pairs, they've got a big, big ATR on the yen pairs. So if you was in three or four yen positions at once, that's not ideal. Um, you'll probably, you know, you'll probably be at your maximum allowable risk limit. Um, so yeah. Hmm. How would I know uh, which ones are correlated? Um, well, if you were short the, if you were short the pound dollar, and then you was looking to get long the pound yen, you're you're crossing. Ah, I see. Yeah, so you're buying one selling on the other hand and you know if you if you do that too many times you can come unstuck mm-hmm. um yeah other than that it's uh, it's kind of common sense <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah do, just want to make sure that i that i don't miss something simple right like, like that lead domino will all like a, you think that you so like if you were if we were playing down like that where you stacked up kit dominoes as a kid and like if you like i'm worried about like starting from the center and knocking those over but there's a couple that i forgot about back here just want to make sure that i get them all yeah well, well I, I have a tick sheet so i'll i'll make a daily prediction when i'm okay. going through the pairs i'll make a daily prediction so just like as simple as up or down mm-hmm. okay and then I've got a process of entry criteria met and then the, the traits that I actually took. And then what I'll do is I'll assess that at the end of each week <clears throat> and see what prediction I made. Did the prediction play out? Was I able to get involved? Was my entry criteria met? 
And if the if I was right on, you know, five out of six, and I only got in on two, All right. I'll, consi- I'll consider reviewing that and becoming a little bit more aggressive. But I won't become aggressive to the tune of, oh, well, I'll take all six next time. I'll become aggressive to the tune of, I'll become aggressive a little bit more. So mm. I'll add one more or two more. And I won't go all in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like to kind of gradually grow aggression. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather I'd rather build up aggression than just go, you know, put both feet in the water and test the depth on I, day one, and then <laughs> you've lost all, you've lost everything. So yeah, that's yeah. always been my approach. Yeah, uh, there's so many forex traders that reach out to me, and one of the first things that they'll say is, "Yeah, I've blown up uh, like." four or five accounts uh, within the past six months and, and that's the start of the conversation and it generally uh, well, what, how it goes is that they they way over leveraged um, well like, what do you think is a decent amount to, to start with uh, as somebody that's trading from the, the US and uh, like how much leverage do you need in order to, to trade for it? So like in, there's plenty of stock accounts where I'm just using a cash account, right? And I don't need margin on such accounts. There's other accounts that I do use margin, but even like, like having like two to one, like I'm not even using the margin. Uh, it's only when I want to have more positions that I'm using the margin that I'm not just like automatically like, like oh yeah, like I'm gonna like, you know, <laughs> going yeah, yeah, like no. triple leverage. Or, but you, no. mean, you mean you're sensible? <laughs> <laughs> I think with, with, stock, with stocks, it, it obviously costs a, a lot more to trade stocks than it does for Forex. And I think the attractive thing is now Yeah. yeah we're, we're, There's so we're, much that's free now. Like uh, TD Ameritrade just went free. E-Trade just went free. Uh, of course, they... I mean, get, yeah. yeah, I mean, one of the attractive things about Forex, or one of the things that has been attractive about Forex is is the leverage, you know, and the margins, and, and these what brokers are offering. Uh, you know, the you know the Esma the Esma changed things a bit, and there was kind of a lot of people upset about the uh, the Esma, but that was really, in my opinion, just to protect people. I, I, I think yeah, the less leverage you use, the better. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's definitely a double-edged sword, you know. So um, you can leverage and you can use leverage as long as you know what you're doing with it. Other than that, you know, trust me, it's it's best just to, it's best just to, to build up profits uh, organically and naturally, so that you're developing a skill, mm-hmm. and then you can apply leverage. Don't 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 go out there thinking I can put five pound on a trade or five dollars on a trade and win. 50 or 500 that's just the wrong mindset isn't it it's the wrong mindset you're not thinking Mm. long term you're not thinking about growing it like a uh, like an investment account you know Mm. it's an investment account that's what it is so um, Uh, well what percentage of your capital are you risking on each trade is it this like I'm risking 1% uh, on a standard trade never more than 1% I mean I, I I don't ever trade more than about three and a half percent on my on my entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. So you know, depending on how many trades I'm in, mm-hmm. my risk will change. And and three and a half percent at any one time um, on my account. 
So, yeah, I mean, that's very sensible. If you try and tell people that, or you say, don't risk more than 1% on your account, and they've got a very low account balance, then they're going to become discouraged because they want, in, they want instant gratification. Going back to your question about what do you need to start, I mean, that's got to be the golden question, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, how much do I need to trade full-time? And uh, it, One, it depends on your performance. Two, it depends on your you know, your lifestyle expenses. Um, it's, it's kind of a how long's a piece of string. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Well, well, well uh, how much uh, then would you say that you need to test with where, uh, like, uh, yes, Forex is cheaper than, than stocks, but uh, like, uh, it, it, is there, like, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, but like, I would think that there's some minimum amount that you would need to not get tripped up with transaction fees where your profits are just like completely eaten by the transaction fee. Yeah, I mean, you could you can open an account. For, I, I think that there's places that there's brokers that allow you to open an account with like a, as little as a hundred dollars. Um, I always I always go with the rule of thumb that you don't really want to trade in an account less than two thousand okay. um, dollars. because if you're not putting if you're not putting if, well exactly like, what you just said, you know. Yeah, that that's to the individual, right? Well, like you need to have skin in the game. Yeah. So exactly what you just said, though, you know, $2,000 will put you in at a level where you're going to keep some profit and um, you're going to feel a little pinch. You're going to feel a bit of emotions and you're going to you're going to treat it seriously. So, yeah, two two grand. If you want to, you know, if you want to live off of trading, um, that's going to depend on a whole array of, of things to do with your lifestyle costs and your performance on your strategies. But, you know, you've only got to look at the percentages. If you focus on percentages, if you look at you know, what, are, what are you doing on average per month in returns, if it's 2%, 3%, 4%, know, you know, add that up over a year and take into consideration compounding and your inflation rate in your country and then look at your lifestyle costs and hmm. see if, you, you know, it's very, very simple to work out. Very, very simple to work out. Absolutely. Um, it's focusing uh, it, on getting those returns. That's what they should be focusing on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, for me at this point, like it's testing the waters with Forex and, uh, yeah, well, like a, a gaining a better understanding of it so that way I'd be able to, to help other people that come to me in a more direct uh, yeah. manner. And then, like, yeah, like if. If I test out forks and it's like, oh man, like this is great. Well, what have I been doing, fiddling around with stocks, which could happen? <laughs> then, yeah. then yeah, maybe we've got a, a new thing on our hands. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to seeing your uh, your progress with it, and and actually, I, I want to keep up to date with what you're finding as that transitions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Is there, is there a, a particular broker or any of that? Uh, that that you would say to use or like um, yeah, I, I, I think like even Thinkorswim allows uh, forex trading. Yeah, I don't like to kind of openly recommend brokers just because of the crazy world we're in and we're on Instagram. But you know, go for what a well-known broker uh, mm. to start with. You know, a big well-known broker that who's been tried and tested. Um, it doesn't. One thing I would pay attention to with brokers is just that you've got a direct contact 
you know, you, you can ring them up and you can get your account guy on the phone without mm -hmm. going through a series of security and all that stuff. All right, all right. Because uh, you want instant access. Um, what else? Yeah, just a well-known one. As soon as you, when you start kind of getting into it and you might want to consider changing broker, I'd start looking at things like making sure that they honour their, honour their, um, orders they fill their orders they don't change their orders and things and you don't get slipped too much and you know all that but you're not really gonna that's not really gonna affect uh, someone who's just going into it for the first time mm. all right so uh yeah that's that's kind of all i can think of on brokers really anything else that, that might be important to know from uh for making the transition uh experienced uh, stock trader track record, track record of success with trading stocks and moving into the land of forex. Um, anything else that that might be important to to have an awareness of or uh, any uh, any potholes that, uh, that might be in the middle of the road that it might be like, hey, avoid that. Don't step yeah. down or you'll uh, twist your ankle. The only thing I can think of that springs to mind immediately is um, gapping gaps. Yes. If you're doing anything with gaps, you know, if you if you pay attention to gaps in your trading in stocks, there won't be any gaps in forex really. There's, there's uh, very rarely yes. any gaps because it's it's a twenty four seven market. So if you're looking at gaps for levels of support and resistance and mm -hmm. significance, then you know that if you've got a strategy. Let's just say that you trade a strategy that purely relies on gapping, and, mm. and then you go into forex. Well, there's, there's no, all right. There's so, none. so I, I do have a, a gap up strategy or a gap down strategy. Yeah. So that one will be out the window. There you go. All right. Very good. <laughs> good. Uh, good to know. Um, let's see. So, a twenty-four hour market cycle. Uh, yeah, uh, how how do you deal uh, with that personally? Well, uh, the twenty four hour market cycle, uh, like uh, like I'm used to trading. Like okay, nine thirty it opens, four o'clock it closes. I'm in New York, so that's the time. Uh, yeah, so I have a, as I said, I have two accounts. One's long term and one's intraday. My intraday account, I just trade the London session, and during the London session, a lot of my setups are setting up, and then they'll complete often. Uh, on the London New York cross, and then I'll manage them into the afternoon. I'm not really actively at my charts for very long. Mm. I'm just managing trades uh, really all day uh, until the night. And um, you'll have to have a rule for if you're holding trades overnight and things like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's not very often that I do that. And holding trades over the weekend. You know, you have to have a rule for that as well. I don't often do that unless it's longer term. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not much movement at night. So, as I said, the Asia session is pretty flat. There's nothing going on. Uh, you want to be aware of any kind of major news releases in the Asia session. So when it's low volatility and you might have an, like an Aussie bank rate or an Aussie, uh, you know, interest rate or anything like that, um, or unemployment rates, that's going to spike the market. And that's, that's usually about, it's either, it's either midnight or 2 a.m. in the morning here. So you'd probably be okay for you to manage just during the evening. Um, it's more of a problem for me in London than it will be for you. Yeah, nice. <laughs>
<laughs> one small advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, like the this is. I. I feel confident. <laughs> I, I, right? Like, because I like, yeah, like, it's like being close to the transition, and now it's just a matter of like getting in and trying right, stuff right. out. Like, yeah, like applying all the stuff that I've already learned, like with stocks, taking the the pearls of wisdom that, that you've given me, thank you very much, and uh, testing it out and see what happens. I, I really appreciate you helping me out with this. No worries, no worries. And uh, we'll talk offline anyway. And if you've got more questions, I'll, I'll be in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of questions that I see popping up here. Do you have a few moments to, to yeah, go through some yeah, of these yeah. and we could uh, see like, well, what else we could uh, help out here? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Mike, Mike, hey, hey, here's a good one. Michael, do a front somersault. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I'm not able to do a front somersault, a back somersault. Uh, I can. Uh, I was doing yoga earlier this morning, uh, like a uh, hot yoga. Um, it, it took me a while to just be able to like stand up on on one foot like this without toppling off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're better than me. Better than me at that. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, uh, here, how do you create, create short-term forex strategies? Is it tech analysis? Um, short-term forex strategies. So, for me, technicals are technicals and patterns are patterns. It doesn't matter what time frame. If you was te- if you was creating a strategy on a on a four-hour time frame or a daily time frame, you can still apply that same strategy on a lower time frame. Um, the market behaves the same way. There's a little more noise on the lower time frames, but creating the strategy is just a case of finding a pattern that it, that happens frequently in the markets, building a set of rules around that strategy so you can get in and out of profit, and then consistently trading it. That's it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to to build on that too, there's like pretty much like any strategy or like well like if you think of what your goal is and you reverse engineer back to well how do i meet that goal somebody's already done it right like uh, none of us need to try to reinvent the wheel so we could find who's done it and you could find success uh, uh, for uh, google uh, you, you have Jason right here, you have me here. You could go to, uh, Jack Schwager wrote a fantastic uh, book series called Market Wizards. You can model success from there, but you're modeling success and then making it, like custom fitting it to yourself. If you try to be a clone of somebody else, then that doesn't work out. I tried that before and uh, yeah, it does not work. Exactly what you just said. Pick a strategy, they probably all work. Um, it makes me laugh when people say, oh, that strategy doesn't work. Well, it does work because it wouldn't be a thing otherwise. And the reason it doesn't work for you is because you're breaking the rules. Mm. And that's it. You're, you're not consistently trading it. And when you do that, it's usually because you haven't aligned it with your kind of personality. So you, you can't add your own little sides and sources because it doesn't fit your personality in the first place. So you're either looking for a higher strike rate because you like to be right more than you're wrong 
or you want a bigger reward to risk ratio mm-hmm. because you like to win more when you're right than you lose when you're wrong, or you're looking for lots of opportunities. You can't stand the fact that you're not getting a lot of opportunities. Because mm. I know one guy, I know one guy, he gets about four opportunity, he gets about four or five opportunities a year, but because of the size of his account, he's you know he's happy with that. I wouldn't be happy with that because what if you miss one? You know, he decides to go to the toilet and he missed the train. <laughs> you know, that's that's twenty that's twenty percent of your of your profits down the drain. Yeah, man, that's a <laughs> right. I, I couldn't do that, but it depends on your personality. It depends on your lifestyle as well. You know, when when can you be at the charts? If you can't be at the charts all the time, you might want a strategy like that. Mm-hmm. So there's all that to play. So you can pick a strategy, and that's all well and good. But the moment you try and force it into your current lifestyle and your personality, and it doesn't align, you're not going to be able to trade it. So pick another one. Right, exactly. It's like a pair of shoes. Right, like just because uh, the pair, the shoe doesn't fit you, doesn't mean that all oh, like these shoes are defective. Right, like they'll fit somebody yeah. else. You just need to find the right ones to fit you. Exactly, it's out there. Any insight on how to better manage emotions? Um, just know your system and trust your system. Uh, and once you do that, there's not really much that can. Uh, Obviously, you get affected. Like I get affected in drawdowns, but it, it it definitely helps to have black and white results and you know some data to say this is what your performance has been in the past. This is what's likely to happen next, and uh, just keeps you calm through those. Uh, it's a comparable, I guess. Yes. Um, Trusting your system else? is uh, so important. Um, well, what I, what I would say too is a, an exercise that I do well with, uh, it's like the first exercise that I do with all my clients. Uh, I have them write out all their beliefs around trading and all their beliefs around money and to spend like an hour doing this. So like grabbing a pen and paper or like typing it up or whatever they want to do. And just like a stream of consciousness, like, well, what are my beliefs around trading? It, it could be that I need the 20 pairs uh, in order to, to be successful. Um, I, I only trip, I can only trade during a certain, during certain market types or certain conditions. Like, well, whatever the belief is, just write it out. Uh, you're not judging it yet. And then do the same thing with money beliefs. Uh, well, we have all different kinds of beliefs around money. Like some people might believe that uh, money is abundant. Other people might believe money doesn't grow on trees or you have to work hard for money, right? Like all these are beliefs. Just whatever it is comes to mind, write it out. Don't judge it yet. Uh, Judging it is in step two. In step two, then we go through each belief and we uh, start asking questions about it. How does this belief uh, serve me? How does it, what does it get me into? What does it get me out of? Uh, Where did this belief come from? Is it serving me right now? And if the answer is no, can I discard it? Because there'll be some beliefs that might be difficult to discard. Like, uh, let's say you signed up for uh, for a course and you paid $10,000 for uh, this course and you found out that, uh-oh, this belief isn't really serving me, but I have $10,000 of some cost in it. Like, I don't know if I can really let go of that belief so easily. Then you need to do a, another you know, one of these to say like, well, why not? Right, and start going down that belief hole of, well, that that type of bias, and where does that bias come from? 
Basically what we're trying to do is draw the energy out of beliefs that aren't serving us. So that way we yep. could replace it with beliefs that are serving us. Yeah, and it comes down, I mean, the, only, the, the, the beliefs will only be either internal, external, or the actual vehicle. So, like, it's either something that you're, you, you don't believe you can do because you, you feel like you're not intelligent enough, smart enough, um, you don't have the resources, um, or external, which means, you know, other people are, are putting limiting beliefs in your head. Or the actual vehicle, you just don't believe in it. You just don't believe, you know, if it was a bicycle, you don't believe that the bike would work. You don't believe that the bike would get you to where you want to go. Mm. And it's only one of those three things, really. And once you kind of iron that out, it, that's, that's the hardest part, really. And then once you've done that, a good little test you can do, actually, is uh, there's a website called 16personalities.com. 16personalities.com. Yeah. Uh, one six. Test. Let me see. It's a good starting point for just identifying what kind of characteristics make up your personality, and uh, it can really help you realise um, your weak oh, yeah, spots. Right so if you do that little test, it will give you a little um, report and everything. Yeah, this is it right here. Yeah, 16 personalities. Trying to zoom out a little bit. I'm plugged into the, the screen. But yeah, like so if you go there, 16personalities.com, the, this is the site. Yeah. This is the site, guys. Cool. And what else is there? I think there was... Uh, I did have a site for... There was a there was a site for money types by a friend of mine. Um, shall I type it in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you know it, or, or I'll uh, go and I, I'm bookmarking all this stuff too. Though. Like so, just like how everybody else here is, uh, we're we're all here learning from you. I'm learning too. I, I've got my 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 stack of notes right here and. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. bookmarking pages and everything. Like talking to you is high value, man. I um, I'm going to Las Vegas tomorrow to talk at um, Traders for a Cause convention, oh, and really? I'm, going, I'm going with Brett Steenberger and Mike Bellafiore. And when I was speaking to them about it, he Mike said everyone laughs at me because I take my notepad and I spend all of the time like taking notes from the traders. I'll be doing the same. Hmm. I'll be sitting there on the front row. You know, when I'm not doing my talk, I'll just be up there taking notes because I'll just be absorbing all of these people's insights. There's always more to learn. Yeah. Right? Like, we've both been in this game a real long time. Like, I'm learning more every day. Like, yeah. I learned something from, from, from a client. I learned something from my four-year-old uh, almost every day. how much time you you have left to, to answer any other questions but uh it looks like a few more came in 
Uh, I want to make sure that we're respectful uh, of your time too. Like you've already given uh, like loads I think and loads. A good, there's a good one for you then, Mike, because you, you answered this on a post you put up earlier, really. I have a question. I noted that when I enter a trade, it usually hits my stop loss before going to my original profit target. How can I change that? <laughs> and thank you for paying attention to, to the post, man. appreciate that. Yeah, like you're paying attention too. I'm paying attention to your stuff. Um, so... Uh, how do you uh, enter a trade? It usually gets to my stop loss before it goes to the original profit target. So you want to have three. Uh, so well, I think of it like when you're going into a movie theater, right? You, you walk through the doors of the movie theater, like you have this one mode that you're going to enter and you have multiple exits all around in case there's a fire, right? The first one is right where you walked in right behind you. That, that's your stop loss. Then there's going to be a couple of other exits around the theater too. That's going to be your profit target, right? Like, but let's say it doesn't get there. All right, where's the other fire exit? All right, that's going to be my trailing stop. Over there is my backstop. And so what the, uh, they have different functions. So the trailing stop is meant to, it's kind of like a time bound stop. But if you're using it the way that I am as a moving average. So let's say uh, you're in a trade and this trade has been a strong momentum trade and it's holding the five period exponential moving average. Great. So that means that when it crosses back below, then it's starting to lose momentum. That's the only thing that it's telling you. And it's like, oh, OK, this thing is starting to lose steam. I was in it because I wanted this momentum and it was holding it. Now it's not. That's a bit of a character change. All right. Time to take something off. And it. I'm the type of trader that doesn't like to make all or none decisions. So I would pre-plan like, okay, I will take 25% of my position off if it breaks below the 5 EMA or if it closes below the 5 EMA. Well, whichever one, I would have that plan beforehand. Then I would also have a secondary trailing stop. Maybe I'm using the 10 EMA, right? So it breaks below the 5, sell 25%. Breaks below the 10, sell another 25%. And I would also have the backstops in place too. The backstops, how we mentioned earlier, that's where uh, the stock runs up, or uh, the forks pair runs up, the trade runs up, the baseball cards, whatever it is that we're trading, the price runs up, starts to consolidate, builds the floor, and then moves up. You want that floor to be your next level of uh, your, your backstop. In case it goes and it rolls back over, you're being stopped out of the trade. And it's, it works in everything. It, it even works for uh, ranger training. Well, when uh, David Goggins uh, was training to be uh, a ranger in the U.S. Army, uh, one of the things that he talks about in his book, Can't Hurt Me, is how he was applying for Delta Force and he was focused on his goal. Right, like uh, he was like going uh, like he was ahead of the entire uh, group that he was taking this exam with, and uh, he w because he was daydreaming about the goal, he got way off course, forgot to set his backstops, and because of that, he he ended up failing. He couldn't get back to uh, the goal in time. Had he remembered to place his backstops along the trail that he was running, he would have been able to realign and get back on course. That The same principle applies with trading. The backstop is meant to keep us aligned towards our bigger goal of being profitable over the long term. So if it does break below that floor, then that's a sign that momentum is starting to die, start to take something out.
think you answered his question. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I'm from Malaysia. Let's see. I've had trouble downloading videos uh, uh, from IG Lives. Uh, like, uh, Instagram has not even given me the option to download. So what I've been it, doing, it, like... It's very discreet. It's very discreet. When you finish it, and it says share, right in the top left, there's just a little download icon. It's not even a... It, have a look for it this time. It, you might see it. Yeah, I've been looking for it every time. I haven't seen it in a while. Like, it, it actually took a long time for Instagram to even give me that little countdown feature. Uh, like, everybody else had it. I was scrolling through, couldn't find it. Now, uh, it, all of a sudden, I have it. So, my, my solution uh, for uh, not being able to download the, the Instagram video to at least have this be uh, a podcast is I have from going and it's recording onto the computer uh, and that's it does the job yeah yeah it does the job and i'm like trying to keep the microphone close to to your mouth trying not to get too uh excited and loud myself so that way i don't overpower anything but so far so good it seems good stuff so this will be a podcast uh yeah uh, yeah i've got the traders mind chat podcast going uh, yeah, just upload it to uh, Anchor, gets distributed to iTunes, or what used to be iTunes, uh, not sure what it's called now, Spotify, all that place, so this will be Brilliant. up there. Excellent. Well, is there any other questions? Uh, let's see, any other questions, guys? Last question uh, before Jason has to leave. So well, we don't want you to miss your flight, man. Do you have any final words or anything that, that you'd like to say or anything that you're working on right now that people should, uh, that you'd like everybody to know about? Yeah. Uh, play the long game. If you're getting into trading, treat it as a business. Play the long game. Concentrate on making decent returns. And don't worry about instant gratification it's gonna you're gonna go through some pain <laughs> and that's it like it's not easy it's it's, it's very very simple concept but it's not easy it's, it's going to be challenging it's going to challenge every fiber of your psyche and uh but it is doable 100 percent doable absolutely i appreciate it man and uh everybody should get a fantastic coach to, to help them along the way Jason, you, you've been amazing. I feel confident diving into Forex. Uh, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you to everybody that, that was here that joined us on the live session. And anybody that's joining us late, this will be, this has been recorded. It will be posted in a podcast form. Uh, look for that. It will be posted in the next week or two. Brilliant. Thanks for, thanks for having us, Mike. All right. Thank you. Uh, enjoy time in Vegas. Uh, have a safe flight. Thank you. Take care, guys. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.